0: Howdy, howdy, Matt. My man, how are you doing?
1: I am... I. How am I doing? I'm doing all right. How about you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am doing fine. <laughs> Happy Lunar New Year. It's a big event for a lot of Chinese people, Taiwanese people, Koreans. Yeah, so Lunar New Year, a lot of Singaporeans, a lot of people in Malaysia, we celebrate. Well, it's basically Christmas.
1: So so does that coincide with, I mean, over here, we hear a lot about the Chinese New Year. Is that the same thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Lunar New Year is becoming more popular because a lot of people outside of China actually celebrate that, right?
1: Like people
0: in Singapore, you know, they probably don't really, you know, identify fully, you know, Chinese Chinese or mainland Chinese.
1: I've been to a Chinese New Year celebration before at a Buddhist, was it a temple or monastery? Something like that. And it was full of dragons and fireworks and really tasty food. And it was a really positive experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what it is. Lots of food, visiting families, friends, well, except COVID. It <laughs> was the year of the tiger. Despite that, I'm still trying to work. I didn't mean to take a day off on the day of. So the first day of the new year was um, on a Tuesday. It coincided with the first of February. It was Tuesday. I was, I was going to do some work. I didn't. And uh, I just took a day off. Officially, it's like a two-week type of festival, right? Because people don't take breaks except for the new year when, especially in China, like billions, literally like a billion people would move around the country normally when i was in school like we would get at least like three four five days off but i was just trying to go get through this uh, video editing and video recording which was pretty rough and uh, that's why we had uh, a long discussion about mental health about there's also the cold this is going to be episode 42 and we were about to update give an update talk about our past week but We just completely drained our battery in the past week. So I think let's do something random. Let's do something different this week. So if you're interested in SaaS or bootstrap startups or digital products, digital marketing, you can skip this episode because we will talk about something different as we are trying to recharge our batteries. What is your passion that we just talked about? Because I want to learn more about your passion outside of building software.
1: Yeah, sure. I think it'll be nice to have an episode where we just take a break from the usual routine. So my passion, well, my wife likes to think that it's her, but <laughs> she is one of my passions. Of course I've got a lot of passions, but I would say like my strongest passion is spending time outdoors, adventuring and going to nature reserves around South Africa and. Just being outside, funnily enough, as far away from the computer as possible. <laughs> but out of that, I would say kind of like a sub niched passion of that is photography and videography. And I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or not this year. But one of the things that I did over the course of 2021, I went to a nature reserve here in South Africa called the Kruger National Park. It's a massive kind of vast area of land that's only has a few different campsites that you can stay at. And when I say campsites, it's both tents and kind of chalets that you can stay in. And I went there six times, you know, while I was there, I took a lot of photographs. So I've got a Sony a7R 3 camera, which is a nice big mirrorless camera that takes beautiful photos when you put a nice lens on it. And I took a Sony zoom lens, a 200 to 600 lens and put it on the camera. And I get these nice close up shots of animals. So I kind of built up quite a large portfolio of images of wildlife uh, over the past year through my travels. And in December, what I did is I went and I printed a whole bunch of the images that I would taken and framed them, and I gave some as gifts, and I actually hung a few in our own house as well. And there was something so satisfying about that, being able to take this kind of digital image that I had taken and edited, and you know, in a way it's a piece of art, and take that and then create it into this physical form, and hang it in our passage that I get to see every day. And funnily enough, my daughter had a friend over today, And they walked through the passage and they looked at the pictures and the friend that came over, she was like, wow, that's like incredible, It's an incredible image. And then my daughter said to her, oh yeah, my dad took it. And she's like, no way, there's no way that your dad took that. And it was just like one of these moments where it's like, wow, I was actually like really proud of my work. And kind of the whole process from going on the trip to taking the photos, then coming home and editing them and then being able Mm -hmm. to create this physical form of it. And then having people like look at it and admire it and, you know, like almost like respect the piece of art. So that was fun. And this year I'm planning on kind of taking it to the next level where I want to start doing a lot of video work. So I'm planning a couple trips as well in the upcoming months. And I want to create what I would call kind of like a hybrid short film slash documentary. Well, I want to create multiple different ones, but the first one that I want to create is about a small nature reserve in South Africa on the southern border of the Kruger Park that's really been neglected and it's owned by government. And we've got a very, very corrupt government here. And I want to do a profile piece on that, but there's a lot of different leopards that live in this game reserve. And I want to do a short film called The Leopards of Lion Sprite and profile kind of the journey of going to this reserve and looking, trying to find the leopards. And leopards are extremely difficult to find in the wild. And when you do get a sighting of them, it's really incredible. They are one of my favorite animals to find and to watch. And I want to do a profile on them and, you know, in the process kind of like boost the profile of the reserve. But also kind of share the story of finding these leopards.
0: Okay. That's super interesting. When you mentioned about short film, what's considered a short film? Is there like a definition? I guess if you want to enter these contests or get featured, right?
1: The honest answer to that is I don't exactly know. (laughs) So what I'm doing like I said, I want to do kind of do a hybrid thing. I just want to do my own thing. So I think there this probably is some sort of an official definition of what it is and how long it is. And it needs to fit in like X, Y, and Z criteria. Like I'm not paying too much attention to that. I want to just create a movie. And it's like a weird concept because I'm not filming. I'm not going to have characters and it's going to be a, a true life kind of story. I'm the kind of character, but I don't really want to film myself. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of wildlife shots. There will be some narration that goes on, kind of think like Nat Geo, BBC Earth type stuff, but just like nowhere near the level of quality <laughs> of what they produce. But like an indie thing that I, I put on YouTube, and one of the ideas that I that I really want to try pull off is once I've done the whole thing, recorded it, edited, and kind of got the final product. I want to do like a little screening in my backyard just to invite some friends and specifically friends that enjoy nature and the reserve. And I'll put a projector in the backyard with a big screen and we'll all have a picnic around the screen and have some good drinks and some good food. And then we'll play the film and then kind of chat about it afterwards. So that's one of the things that I want to do. But yeah, you know, in terms of like what is a short film, like I don't really know. And this is part of what I'm learning. This is part of the journey. I've done a lot of photography, but not so much videography. So I'm watching a lot of YouTube stuff about it, learning, trying to figure out my shots, how do I plan this, how do I put the shots together, what kind of B-roll do I need, what kind of A-roll. It's like a whole process of new things that I'm learning about and figuring out. And I can compare it to when I started learning how to program games. You know, when I was 13 and I discovered programming, it kind of blew my mind that you could like, you know, write a program, and then it becomes this app on the computer that you can interact with and get feedback from. And I immediately kind of at time was enjoying like playing different computer games. And I was like, well, I want to make games. And I taught myself some game programming languages and started creating these kind of little 2D games. And I did it at the time just because it was fun and it was something that I wanted to do. And I enjoyed every minute of it. And, you know, eventually programming became a career for me and I lost a lot of the, not passion. I still, I still love programming, but when you're doing it for money, it's kind of this different sort of vibe to it <laughs> to, for me, at least, you know, I'm not as kind of excited about it when I'm not working on something that I really want to build. And for this kind of photography and videography stuff, like I can compare it to like feeling like I did when I was 13, learning how to program and program games. And like, you know, it was this feeling of like I could accomplish anything and I could build anything. And it's the same like that with videography and photography. I feel like I can create like really cool stuff and I'm learning and everything's new to me. And when I, when I learn new techniques, I'm like, it blows my mind. I'm like, Oh wow. That's like the most incredible thing. How, you know, I can put this into this video in this sequence and you know, it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to get these awesome shots and, you know, this is how I'm going to film and this is what lens I'm going to use and this is how I'll do the talking shots and it's just like all this kind of new stuff that's exciting and fun for me to explore and hopefully become quite good at in the future.
0: Yeah, I already have the image in my head, right? (laughs) Watching all those uh, documentaries on National Geographic, especially uh, someone with an English accent like uh, Sir David Attenborough. (laughs) Attenborough,
1: (laughs) yeah. So, his style is like very much kind of a profile of nature. My style is more a profile of storytelling about not so much about the nature, like, you know, the cheetah hunts down the gazelle and catches it to feed its family. It's more like the story of why I'm going, what I'm doing, what I'm trying to find, like, why I'm trying to find it. More of like a storytelling aspect from a human perspective. That somebody who interacts with nature and gets to experiences and trying to convey a lot of the feelings I feel when I'm out there, you know, in the wild, in the bush, seeing these animals, trying to convey that through film and like the storytelling.
0: Yeah. And I can imagine, like, so filming these things must be very challenging. I can imagine, you know, there will be a lot of times just sitting there waiting, tons of mosquitoes.
1: (laughs) Funny you say that because that's my greatest fear. My greatest fear is like, I'm creating this profile of, and I'm calling the, the short film, Leopards of Lion Sprite. Very few people see leopards in the Lion Sprite Reserve. So there's a chance that I go there and I spend two weeks sitting out there looking for a leopard and I don't find a leopard at all. <laughs> <laughs> and like the whole story like falls apart. Or well, sometimes that becomes a story, right? It's definitely, you know, something that's been on my mind.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how you even plan for something like that. Maybe people plan for this, but sometimes I just think that there's a ton of serendipity, depending on the timing and the situation and the lighting. You know, something just out of the ordinary just happens, and you're able to capture that. You might not even had planned right to go there for that particular subject. Maybe you you wanted to film something else, but it just turns out that yep. there's this incredible scene right that appeared.
1: And it always happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've heard of stories where people spent years filming and a short little clip is years in the making. To me that is like something that's really far from a computer, right? Because when you're writing a program, I'm not waiting a couple of seconds. For my unit has to come back is actually giving me anxiety already. So <laughs> there's a
1: certain uh, instant gratification that you get, right? Working with a computer. That's the most interesting thing for me. It's like, I don't want to go there with the pre-planned story of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to film and how the story is going to play out. So like that would be the worst thing that I can do because it would be fake and people pick that up in the film. That said, you can kind of plan shot sequences like you want a sunrise and you want a car driving through the gate you know your vehicle driving through the gates of the reserve and you want a sequence where you chat to some of the rangers there to find out information about where the leopards usually are and how you can track them that kind of stuff but what i found i've written a lot of text stories about my travels and some of the trips that i've done to the krüger park every time i go to the krüger i get three or four like super unique really interesting stories that really grip you about the experience and i write them out and then i attach like a photo sequence to them and i usually share them on facebook they do quite well in some of the nature groups that i'm a part of and i'm not worried at all about going there and not getting a story i will get a story it just might not be the story that i expected to get
0: does this process take are we talking about you have to go there on a single trip for two weeks or you have to go multiple times? Like how does our logistics uh, work?
1: I want to film it over a single trip, a week-long trip. And yeah, I don't want to split it into multiple different trips, specifically because I've got, you know, young family and I don't want to spend too much time away from them. So it will be a single trip, but the whole process, like from start to finish in terms of planning, actually filming, editing, and then doing the kind of screening, I imagine it'll take six months for the whole thing to be completed. I'm going to release it on my YouTube channel as well. It'll be publicly available and I'll share it to a bunch of nature groups and stuff. And I've got a few of my next short film ideas already as well for, for after that. So it's something that I'm planning on doing consistently so that I can just have something that I do that I actually enjoy.
0: Yeah. Before we hit the record button, we actually might talk about if you're not, going to write a single line of code from this point on what you would want to do and uh, yeah I look forward to checking out the short film documentary whatever you want to call it especially for someone like me who probably not just for me but for a lot of people right? they don't have the opportunity to be so up close with these uh, wild animals so definitely going to be interesting to watch out for and uh, is there like a potential ship date are we talking about Years in the making, or
1: (laughs) no, no, it's this year, it's for sure this year. It needs to happen. I originally wanted to do the filming in March, but there's a few lenses, camera lenses that I need to acquire before then, and I need to save up a bit of money for those lenses. (laughs) So, we're probably looking at filming in around so, planning between now and say April, May, and then I'll do the trip around that time period. Editing, I could probably kind of kick it out in in about a month month to two months so june july is kind of the date that i've got in my mind for this to actually go live it's like one of the goals that i've had consistently over the last like two three years the one a new year's resolution that just keeps coming back to me it's like if i go back and i look at my new year's resolutions for the last three years like it's always do a short film (laughs) you know film a short film (laughs) this year i'm actually going to do it
0: so well, for sure, if that's the case, then it will be a, considered a passion project. But have you thought about, before you publish it on YouTube or any of the distribution channels, have you thought about shopping that around to see if um, what are these publications, Nature or uh, these uh, yeah. National Geographic would pick it up or
1: use it? I've thought about those kind of opportunities in the long term. Like I think because it's my first one, like I need to, it's almost like a portfolio piece. And because I'm so new, like, you know, it could turn out really badly. <laughs> I'm semi-confident in my abilities, but there's a lot that I need to learn. So what I'd like to do is like build a portfolio of two to three short films and then start looking at commercial opportunities or even like, you know, getting some sponsors on board to do a film or, so, or something like that. There's definitely opportunities like that in the space. I need to kind of get my stuff out there. Like even with my photography, like I send it out and I get good feedback, but it's like, I don't really have an audience around the brand yet. And I need to build that so that I've got somebody to launch my stuff to, people to prove to commercial brands that this is something that will be watched and, you know, people will enjoy.
0: Cool. Anything else uh, you want to add?
1: No, not from my side. I enjoyed talking about that. I hope uh, somebody else <laughs> enjoyed listening to it. <laughs> cool.
0: So I'll just uh, thank you very much for sharing another side of you, and also thank you to our audience to listen to this very special episode of Grow, Repeat. I am at Johnny Tong on Twitter, and Matt is at Matt Jerry. And this episode is edited by a good friend, Rory Yonkakau. You can find him on Instagram at Radio Rory. We will see you next week. Bye.